Merry Christmas Eve to everyone. So happy to see you all here tonight. Thank you so much for coming. What a special evening we have. But first we'll open up with a word of God. Amen. You know, we all know what Mary said to the words of the angel. Let it be done unto me according to thy word. Famous words that we all take in personally for our own lives. But when she met Elizabeth, This is what she said to Elizabeth after Elizabeth exhorted and magnified Jesus in her. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. See, Jesus, Mary knew that she had to have a savior too. For he has regarded the lowly, the state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Are you Abraham's seed? Yes, we are all his seed. All his promises are yes and amen. Tonight, we are going to experience a first. This is the first Christmas Eve service that is going to be presented to us by our children here at Church of the Word. And it's a message, a timeless message of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the night he was born, all the way through the death, burial, and resurrection of his life. Emphasis tonight, and the glory all goes to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Light be! And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. God continued his creation, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. On day six of creation, God said, Let us make man in our image, and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them, and God blessed them. God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. This pleased God as so he loved man and woman, and desired to have communion and relationship with them, whom he had created in his own image. He gave this man and woman, Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden for them to live in. It was a life gloriously perfect and free of sin. However, in the garden there were many kinds of animals, one of which was a serpent. And one day the serpent came to Eve and began to speak to her and said, 
Has God really said that you cannot eat from every tree in the garden? There's only one you cannot eat from. God said if we eat from the tree, we would die. But the serpent said, you will not die. God knows that the tree will make you wise. If you eat its fruit, you'll become like God, and you will know about good and evil. Eve looked at the tree and saw that the tree and its fruit were beautiful. The fruit looked like it would taste good, too. Then Eve remembered that the serpent said eating the fruit would make her wise. The serpent said eating the fruit would make me wise, knowing good and evil. She decided to take some of the fruit and eat it. She also gave some to her husband, Adam, who was with her, and he ate it. As soon as they ate the fruit, Adam and Eve knew something was different. They knew about evil, but they did not feel wise. They did not feel as smart as God. They felt ashamed. Then Adam and Eve heard God coming, and they were afraid, and tried hiding behind the trees. Where are you? I'm hiding. I heard you coming, and I was afraid. Why are you afraid? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? It was the woman you put here with me. What have you done? The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Dolores broke several things, specifically to the serpent, Eve, and then Adam, and then said, Behold, man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. The world was no longer perfect. Now there was sin in the world. Adam and Eve had become sinners, and the Garden of Eden could no longer be their home. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming swirlings east sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way of the Tree of Life. Because of sin, man, now distanced from God, began to seek a place to hide from God instead of crying to him for help. Fear flooded in when they realized the consequences of their sin. Sorrow, sweat, thorns, death, both spiritual and physical, and a flaming sword were words that were added to man's vocabulary. Since then, every man born into this world can say, as did David, in sin did my mother conceive me. But... Our loving and merciful God did not leave man without a way back to himself. And God made a promise to us when he said, I will give a son to the woman. And as he in his great love for us had planned, God sent us his own son, Jesus Christ, hope of the whole world. Romans 5.12 states, Sin entered the world cause one, because one man sinned, and death came because of sin. Everybody sinned, so death came to all people. Sin and darkness had now entered the once perfect world, and sickness, evilness, and despair were abounding. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every intention and thought of his heart was only evil continually. These men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong and enjoy the twisted ways of evil. By the end of the Old Testament, it was clear that mankind was hopeless to rescue themselves from the clutches of sin. Even the priests had become corrupted and turned away from God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall sh short of the glory of God. We needed a Savior, someone to deliver us out of this darkness and into the light. It was in this very moment of greatest despair and hopelessness that God sent his one and only Son. 
Then God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Mary heard the angel say, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. This one... Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be, since I am only a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to give birth is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant. May your will be fulfilled in me. This one child will bring the hope of salvation to a lost and broken world. This Savior's sacrifice will pay the price once and for all for our sin. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived.
King Herod sent the wise men he had summoned to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Then God sent an angel to Joseph, and in a dream, Joseph heard the angel say, You must leave Bethlehem and go to Egypt. Herod will try to kill this child. So Joseph obeyed quickly. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared again in a dream again to Joseph and said, Herod is dead. Take your family and go back to the part of your country that is called Galilee. Again, Joseph obeyed and moved his family to a town in Galilee named Nazareth. This was Jesus' home for many years, where he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. Even as a young man, Jesus was teaching the word of God. At 12 years old, he taught in the temple, and all that heard him were astonished at his, say, at his understanding. When Jesus began his ministry, he fasted in the wilderness for 40 days. He was tempted by the devil and overcame that temptation. He was also baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. Although Jesus was without sin, he was still baptized by immersion in order to teach us obedience to God. After Jesus' baptism, God declared, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. At the start of his ministry upon the earth, he recruited 12 men to follow him, who became known as his disciples. Jesus came to give light and life to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. He said, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. When a scribe asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, that is to love God. You are to love the Lord your God with all your hearts, with all your minds, with all your souls, and with all your strength. And the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is the perfect example of love. He displayed much love and compassion towards others in the years of his ministry upon the earth. Hebrews 4.15 tells us, For we do not have a high priest among us who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way as we were, yet without sin. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. healed the sick, cared for the poor, gave sight to the blind, brought the dead back to life, and never turned away the little children. This reminded the people that his work line was God's will so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
Jesus performed many miracles, such as calming the sea, walking on water, feeding the 5,000, and turning water into wine. With all this assurance, we can have... With all this assurance, we know that he is our God and that he has power over all his creations. We can have faith in him to perform miracles in our lives today. Jesus was also the greatest teacher who ever lived. He often used parables or stories to teach important lessons that we can still learn today throughout the Gospels. Jesus taught that we must forgive even as he died on the cross. Jesus forgave the people who killed him. Jesus taught not to be anxious about our life, but to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things will be added to you. Jesus taught people how to pray, how to give, and about authority. He would often go to the wilderness to spend time in communion with his Father and to pray. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Throughout Jesus' life, many people were angry with Jesus because he condemned hypocrisy, he taught unfamiliar truth, and he showed compassion to sinners. The day that the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed, Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and this is what he said. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And he took and he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which has been poured out for you. The night before Jesus was killed, he retreated to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And there he felt every sin and pain known to humankind and suffered for every person who has ever lived. After this, Jesus was betrayed, arrested, mocked, and crucified on the cross. All of them he allowed in order to fulfill God's will. I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. And I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God! My God! Why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes down to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tomb broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified. They exclaimed, Surely this man was the Son of God. The moon and stars, they well.
took the sin of one man to condemn all of humanity and took one man to free all of humanity. Jesus fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We were created to worship, commune with, and have an intimate relationship with our Father in heaven. He loves all mankind and desires that none shall perish, but all will have eternal life through his Son. Jesus exchanged eternal separation for eternal life, curses for blessings, sickness for healing, poverty for wealth, and unrighteousness for righteousness. This new and better covenant includes everything that the old covenant has, but more. Jesus took our sin upon him. He had to take the penalty for that. The blood covenant cost him everything, but it is stronger than anything else. Salvation is not earned, but is a gift of God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. When we call upon Jesus, we become a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So if you haven't taken that next step to really know him as your Lord and Savior and to begin a personal relationship with God, I invite you to repeat after me this prayer. I believe that you, you, Jesus, Jesus, are the Son of God God, and Savior of the world. And And I believe that you died for my sins sins, and rose from the dead. dead. I believe that through your sacrifice, I I am a new person. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my sin. And fill me with your spirit. And fill me with your spirit. Today. Today. I choose to follow you. As my Lord and Savior. For the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Jesus is so worthy to be celebrated, not just in this season, but in every day of every season. Pastor said. job. Thank you. Special thank you to all of you children that put in all the hard work and those of you that are the bigger kids here. Thank you for uh, being part of such a wonderful thing and presenting the gospel in this way. You guys really did awesome. And, and Kelly, thank you for orchestrating this and for the uh, team, all of your team members helping it. I want to also give a special thank you to the parents, those drivers that were dedicated enough to 
all the practices, coming early to all the services, bringing your children and making sure that they could be a part of that. Thank you very much. You blessed all of us by, by sharing your children with us in that way. We're going to, actually before we go any further, let me ask, is there anybody here that when we prayed that prayer of salvation a moment ago, is there anyone here that this is the first time you've prayed that and, and the first time you believed and meant that? If this was the first time you prayed that, um, lift up your hand real high so that we can identify you and talk to you after the service. Okay, if you saw somebody around you with their hand up... Um, Make it your personal goal, because I didn't see anyone, to uh, speak with them afterwards and make sure that they have an accountability partner. I want to, uh, we're going to take a moment here and present our tithe to the Lord. We're going to take two offerings tonight. The first one is the uh, normal offering. The second one will be the missions offering. So if you have brought a tithe offering tonight... and and need an envelope, just raise your hand. The ushers will bring an envelope to you and uh, keep your hand up until they see you and they'll bring that to you. I wanted to stir your heart a little bit along the lines of, well, let me put it this way. I'll take a little bit of time and I'll let the Lord stir your heart a whole lot around the fact of God with us. God with us. You know, His faithfulness is amazing because 700 years before Jesus is born, there's a prophet named Isaiah. In Isaiah 7.14 is where you can find it. And he gives a prophecy, and 700 years go by before that prophecy is fulfilled. And that prophecy was that a virgin will conceive, that she will give birth and to a little boy, and they're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And you can find in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23... Um, the fulfillment of that promise, and Matthew references Isaiah 700 years earlier. And what I want to draw your mind to is God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness to watch over His Word to accomplish it. Sometimes the Lord gives us a promise, and because we're dealing with finances right now, maybe, maybe you feel like the Lord has given you some promises in regards to your finances. I want to encourage you not to let go of what the Lord has promised you. You know, even when it seems like it's been a while since that promise was given, it's not been 700 years yet, right? There's still time for the promise to be fulfilled. And in, in the case of Jesus coming as a human being to the planet and walking under the law, through the law, and fulfilling the law, it took 700 years for that to come to pass. In fact, this, this is just so amazing about the Bible in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, you will find between three and four hundred, depending which scholars you talk to, there's a little bit of disagreement about the exact number, but between three and four hundred prophecies from the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled. Between 27 of those were all done in one day, <laughs> fulfilled by Jesus. The prophet Isaiah, he gave like 140 prophecies speaking to the future Messiah that would come. And then Jesus walked in and fulfilled uh, much of that. So tonight as you return your tithe to the Lord, you know, there's promises in regards to the tither. Because what does tithing do? It, it simply says Jesus 
Lord, you're my source. Financially, you're my source. I lean upon you. You are the source of my supply. God, you are the source of my supply. That is what the tithing is saying. So what I would encourage you to do tonight in regards to the faithfulness of God, that you believe his promises, that he'll rebuke the devourer for you, that he'll open up the windows of heaven in regards to you and bless you with blessings larger than you have room to receive. And don't let go of the promise. If he would take 700 years to fulfill that one, he certainly will fulfill any other promise he made in his word just as well. And I believe a whole lot sooner because the psalmist said it this way, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's now in this time and this age. So take a hold of your tithe and let's uh, pray over it and present it to the Lord. Father, I thank you that you are good to us in every way. And that you are with us, that you didn't leave us, you didn't forsake us, and that you gave us the promise of the tithe, and that if we would return it to you, that you would rebuke the devourer on our behalf, that you would bless us and open up the windows of heaven in regards to our finances. So Father, we acknowledge you as the source, our source of everything physical, spiritual, and soul. Lord, I bless you for watching over your word to perform it. And we call all your promises, yes and amen, in Jesus' name. Well, the ushers can wait on the people, and the people will give unto the Lord. While they are passing the baskets for that, I'll go over some announcements with you. For those of you that joined us, Many of you did for the uh, Christmas party. Wasn't that a good time? So we, we really, I really enjoyed that. And I thought it was amazing how many of you were, um, came out and we just had a wonderful time. So thank you to all of you that, that helped to make that happen. Debbie, especially thank you to you for orchestrating it all. And you, you blessed all of us. Also, I want to, if you did not pick up a bulletin, do so, because you'll see some important announcements on there. Um, one thing I would point you to is if you have not um, liked the church Facebook page, if you have Facebook, I encourage you to do that. On the church Facebook page is where we will make any announcements in regards to service time changes or if there's a weather hindrance, how we're going to deal with that. So if you are wondering, well, is there, uh, is, there, is there a change to the service because of weather? Look at the Facebook page. If there is a change, it will be announced on there. And then finally, um, next weekend, as, as most of you know, unless you're a guest with us tonight, we meet on Saturday night at 6 p.m. Although next weekend we are not meeting on Saturday night. We're meeting Sunday morning right here at the church at 10 p.m. 10 a.m. Sunday morning, New Year's Day, the first day of 2023, and we're going to kick it off with uh, some praise, worship, declaration of the good things of God. So what time are we meeting next Sunday morning? 10 a.m. That's when it starts, so everyone's in their seat at 9.55. All right, we're going to take the mission offering, and if you are wondering, if if you're a guest here with us, you may wonder, well, why are they taking two offerings? Um, So what we do here is at the end of the last service of every month, we take a special offering that goes to missions all around the world, and to any particular mission that you designate it to go to. 
So we don't even have to know about the people, but if, if there's a place you want it to go to, if this is the first time you're giving to that organization through the church, what we would ask you to do is put down a uh, contact number or address where to send the money to. And 100% of the money that comes in where you designate it, it will go. We don't keep any of it. And what we also do is if, if a check or money like a credit card on the envelopes, if it doesn't designate where to go, then we put that into the gen, general missions fund and it gets distributed from there. So all of it goes to missions. And I want to read a scripture to you as we collect, uh, collect that to send it out. You know, in John 3 and verse 16, it's that famous verse. Many of us have probably rec- or memorized it. But for me, this is one of the greatest giving verses of all time because it is an example of the act of giving. You know, we, we say in this house many times, we say the greatest expression of love is giving. The greatest act of love is giving. And the reason we say that is based in this verse. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The love that God had for us compelled him to do something, compelled him to give. That expression of love is the greatest expression of love that I believe there is. So for you and I, how does that apply to you and I as we give our offering to the missions around the world? It's because our motivation is a love for God and His work, and what He is doing in the earth today, and, and the people that He has designated to go all around the world, and how we have a part in what they're doing there. And it's motivated because He first loved us, and because of that, we love Him. And so, don't let go of, of that motivation as you, as you sow into the people's lives around the world. Did you get envelopes ready for that? If you did not, raise your hand. The ushers will bring an envelope to you if you need one. And take a hold of your offering, mission offering, and let's pray over it. Father, I thank you that you have allowed us to partner with you in your kingdom, in your work, and be about your business. And Father, I thank you that you would bless the giver, as you have said, that as we sow, we will reap. And so we call in a harvest in the name of Jesus to every account from which it is sown. Lord, I ask for um, greater ability to do even above and beyond what we have done in 2022. Lord, that in 2023 we might do much more, that our money would go further, that we would be walking in a greater blessing of God to be the blessing you've created us to be. I thank you for this in Jesus' name and amen. So once again, the ushers can wait on the people and the people will... Love the Lord in their giving. Worship team, are you coming up? In a moment after the baskets are passed, I'll invite you all to stand with us. And uh, we're going to take a moment and worship the Lord. And John, I'll turn the time over to you. Didn't the kids do great tonight? That was awesome. Sure. Good evening. evening. Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, Pastor Sid and Jen, if you could come up. Uh, 
So Debbie asked me if I could give you this card from the church, and uh, I asked the Lord what he wanted me to say, and he, he brought up uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Uh, I'm sure you know that, but I won't put you on the spot. It says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And as I looked into this, I did a little digging on it, and I found Matthew Henry's explanation of uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. And he says, follow me as far as I follow Christ. Come up as close as you can to my example in those instances wherein I endeavor to copy after his pattern. Be my disciples as far as I manifest myself to be a faithful minister and disciple of Christ, and no further. I would not have you be my disciples, but his. In your guys' life, you consistently do this. You consistently set a great example of Christ. For me, for, for all of us here, I think I speak for everyone, that you are people that we can imitate uh, as you imitate Christ. And, and your, your heart's desire is that we imitate Christ. And you do a fine job of setting that example. So thank you. This is from all of us. Thank you. And thank you. Debbie, being the great person that she is, she even matched your shirt with the car envelope. So, I mean, she's just great. So, thank you so much. We really appreciate and love you guys. Thank you very much. Father, we worship you and we thank you for sending your son. Thank, thank you for sending Jesus. That he would come and, and be born as a man and bear our sin and pay the penalty and pay the price for us to know you personally. We bless you for this, Father. We bless you. We thank you for being good. Thank you that there's no shadow of, of even a hint of you turning from your goodness. We just receive, Lord, and we, we place ourselves before you and position ourselves to, to walk in obedience with you as a people that love your truth and love what you have done for us and provided for us. Who can say amen to that? He is a good God. Tonight, as you go, I just pronounce a blessing of peace upon you, the blessing of Jesus Christ the Messiah. And that in this coming week, be mindful every day, find new reasons to be thankful for what He has done for you. If you thought of reasons yesterday, that's great, but now think of a new one. Stir up, cause it to be a week of gratefulness. And next week when you come, I have homework for you. Come with an expectation of tasting and seeing the goodness of God. Come with an expectation of sharing His goodness with someone else. As you go, I will be at the door. We have a tradition here. We like to give out an orange as you go. So everyone gets oranges. Orange you glad? Yeah. That it's Christmas Eve and that you have Jesus. 
Also, um, from Jen and I, thank you very much for the gift and card that you gave to us. We haven't looked at it yet. We haven't opened it yet, but I know that you put a gift in there, so thank you in advance for that. And there is a family photo card from us back either on the table in the lobby somewhere, but they're there for everyone, so help yourself to those as well. Merry Christmas.